I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Tired Mummy Podcast, a safe platform where we can openly discuss the highs and lows of parenthood, judgment-free. Join me in authentic conversations with mums and dads from across the globe. Let's help each other feel less alone, let's grow and feel better in our parenting skin together. Come join our tribe while we get into some real talk. And don't forget, bring your coffee. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Tired Mummy podcast. This is episode number five, and I'm your host, Alice Lanesbury. Thank you so much for joining me for today's conversation. In this episode, I talk to amazing mama of three, Ariel. Ariel moved to Byron Bay three years ago to chase her dreams with her family in tow. She is a real-life mermaid with amazing spirit and wisdom. We dive deep into her three very different births, emergency C-section to VBAC at home. We discuss the complexities of solo mamahood and what led Ariel down the path of becoming a doula and birth support person. I really hope you guys enjoyed today's show. I know I enjoyed this conversation with her so much. Before we dive in, myself and Ariel are not medical professionals. The views in this podcast are our opinions and experience and shouldn't be taken as medical advice. All right, let's get started. Well, welcome to the Thai Mummy podcast, Ariel. Thank you so much for joining me today. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) I know it takes a lot for uh, our mamas to come join me on the podcast, so I appreciate your time and your effort. (laughs) So much fun. (laughs) Get dinner and everything. (laughs) (laughs) I try, I try. (laughs) Okay, so I just wanted to... I just want you to introduce yourself to the listeners, Um, tell them a little bit about you and what's one bit of parenting advice you wish you'd never listened to. (laughs) I love that question. Um, So probably the most important thing about me is that I have three beautiful kids 
they are 10, 8, and 6 years old, which are all, like, wow. very intense ages. <laughs> um, so I'm parenting them by myself at the moment whilst I also run my own CrossFit gym uh, in Byron Bay, which is super fun and super exhausting. Um, and then I'm a doula as well. Um, so my passions are 100% family, health, well-being, um, and I love writing. So that's really good. And the piece of advice I wish I'd never listened to was I didn't really listen to any actual parenting advice that anyone gave me. So good. <laughs> Smart woman. I really, I really am proud that I, um, I didn't listen to anything about what anyone said. Actually, I just wanted to do things my own way. And I had a really clear picture in my head about the way I wanted to parent. And I'm, I'm really stoked that I've managed to do that. Yeah, that's amazing. I wish I had that ability. <laughs> At the start. <laughs> it's a bit hard with all the noise. Oh, so much noise. Mm. I had zero confidence as the first time. <laughs> Maybe I had too much. I'm not sure. No, I think it's great. <laughs> so what led you to become a doula? Well, I had three of the most different birthing experiences that anyone can have. Um, so my first birth, I was 23 when I had River. And I really wanted to birth at home, but my partner at the time um, was a little apprehensive about it. So we decided to birth in a birthing center that was attached to a hospital. Um, And it ended up being a really long pre-labor. He was posterior. So all in all, it was 62 hours. Wow. Um, (laughs) It was pretty intense. And I think when they told me um, they had to break my waters and then after that, I say had to in inverted commas here. Um, And after that, they told me that I couldn't have a water birth anymore. I think I just really opted out. Um, I didn't feel super supported by the staff. When I went in, originally they told me I wasn't in labor, blah, 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 um, when I'd been in labor for a good two days prior at home. Um, And, yeah, so it ended at 62 hours in an emergency cesarean, which was extremely traumatic for me and and the exact opposite of what I wanted I'd never had surgery before so that was really intense for me wow yeah Mm. Um, and it definitely made the postpartum experience um, just yeah I had postpartum depression and I just really had felt like a failure as um, a woman I felt like I'd failed to actually give birth Um, and then I had a new partner and we had a, like the most healing home birth with rain. It was absolutely phenomenal. So I think we were actually the last home birth after cesarean that they allowed in Victoria. Wow. Yeah. If not the last, then one of the very last few due to insurance and things like that. Um, but I knew as soon as I got pregnant that I wanted a V-back, so a vaginal birth after a cesarean. I implicitly trusted my body that I could do that, and I had an epic support team, and, and I think that the whole experience of that second birth was just phenomenal. Um, and it was about 16 hours, rain's labour in total. We'd been marching up and down the streets in Melbourne. Um, and then with Reef he came really quickly. So he was also born at home with the same midwives. Yeah. Um, 
and his birth was less than 90 minutes all up. So, (laughs) So yeah, three really different birthing experiences and different pregnancies. So, um, that kind of led me to have a unique understanding of how to, um, accept birth in all of its glory, in all of its, you know, chaos, in all of its majesty, um, and I'd been a exercise scientist for a couple of years and a personal trainer since I was very young. So I had a, just a really unique perspective on being a doula that not many, um, not many women have access to. And I, I've always been super passionate about helping people and mm. yeah, it was just such an aligned path for me after Reef's birth. I started studying straight away to become a doula. Wow. Yeah. Oh, I got gooseies. <laughs> such an amazing story. Mm. Wow. What advice would you give to mums wanting a VBAC? Cause you know, I know some people would be so traumatized from your first experience that, they want to have a home birth. Like I've, I've heard that a lot, but mm. then I'm sure there's mamas out there who would love a home birth, but they're, you know, caught in that mind frame that they might need medical assistance mm. still from mm. that cesarean and from that emergency situation. What advice would you give mamas wanting a VBAC? Well, I think it's really important to firstly understand why you end up in that situation in the first place. Um, my cesarean was a case of failure to progress, which I freaking hate that terminology. It is not something any birthing woman ever needs to hear while she's in the throes of her labor. Um, there is no such thing as failure when it comes to bringing babies earthside. Um, so it's really important to understand, um, the reason that labor and birth might be different in different circumstances. So if we look at animals and the way that like a cat or a dog might go underground to birth or like Mm. move away and birth in a quiet, safe, calm environment, women need that as well. And when we're in a hospital system with bright lights and people coming and going all the time, that's not actually the best and safest way to give birth. All of the data shows us that Birthing where a woman a woman feels safest is the safest and healthiest option for her and her baby, um, and that might be a hospital for many women. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it also might be a home birth for many women, and I think access to home birthing is uh, really important, or at least access to a really supportive birth team when you're going for a um, a VBAC or a HBAC, if that's something that's allowed in your state. Um, so I did a lot of research on optimal fetal positioning, which I'd never heard about in my first birthing experience. Um, basically when a woman goes into labor, she wants her baby, um, to be LOA. So anterior and slightly on the left, and that's going to allow the quickest and most efficient delivery. Um, but many babies, don't present in this way. Um, with my first birth, he was posterior, which is why I had that really long prodromal pre-labor period because babies are trying to actually turn their way around, um, in the womb. Um, so it wasn't necessarily a failure to progress. It was a failure to dilate according to time constraints. Yeah. You're on a clock. Yeah. You're on a clock in a hospital system. Um, and that's another good point. Like staying at home as long as possible is, is a really valuable tool. 
Um, it's the medical information shows us that continuous fetal monitoring isn't helpful for mother or baby. Um, just having intermittent monitoring with the Doppler is the best way to actually gain those um the statistical information needed to ensure a healthy birth experience. Um, and then, yeah, it's just a hundred percent about your support team. If anybody in that room has any doubts about birth or about your ability to birth, then you will be affected by that, whether subconsciously or consciously. Yeah. I have to hundred percent agree. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I know I've, haven't had a traumatic full-term birth but Mm. i've had a traumatic early birth yes and i didn't feel safe and i didn't have a support team because you usually don't when you have pregnancy loss that early yeah exactly i found the contractions so much worse when i felt fear and felt unsafe compared to my full-term birth of presley yeah completely different so different and i think that that comes down to our fight or flight response and you know, they talk about that a lot in a calm birthing course or in a hypnobirthing course, what we can do to mitigate the mother's experience of stress mm. um, because those stress hormones will slow down labor every single time. Mm. Yes, very powerful stress <laughs> in the mind and all oh, that. Exactly. Um, I wanted to jump into this question, which has been my – I've asked a few people this question um, – What did you perceive motherhood to be before you became a mum? Well, I think I became a mum before Instagram blew up, which was very handy. Mm, I bet. (laughs) Um, But I didn't have the, um, the childhood experience that I wanted or the mother daughter relationship that I wanted growing up. So, Um, I actually used that experience to shape the way I wanted to parent. And it it was really important to me from a really young age. I knew I wanted to be a mom and I knew how I wanted to parent. Um, I knew the kind of connection I wanted to have with a child. I knew that no matter when I had a baby, that they would become my universe and that they would be so incredibly loved no matter the circumstances. And, um, I have to say that that's, that's what I wanted in motherhood. And that's, that is actually my experience of motherhood. Um, and I, I also knew that I'd struggle with children past infancy and toddlerhood. I knew that that would be more of a triggering age, um, and more of a challenging stage for me to handle. Um, Maybe I wasn't quite expecting to be. I wasn't quite expecting so many swear words. Um, And I definitely, I mean, like I grew up with sisters, so having boys is a whole different kettle of fish. Um, Just dealing with penises is is so, it's so different. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's Sometimes really- <laughs> I'm just like, Donnie, can you handle this, please? Yeah, this is, I'm tapping out. I'm this is out not now. one for me to be yeah. able <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Uh, parenthood. Yeah. Uh, what's one thing you'd tell a first-time mama not to worry about? Literally anybody else's opinion. <laughs> um, so... Yeah, I mean, everyone will put their two cents in if, if they can. Um, and I don't know whether that's 
something that uh, particularly older women feel like, you know, they're doing the right thing yeah. or they're warning you. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, like I, if you want to, if you want to co-sleep, co-sleep. If you want to exclusively breastfeed, do that. If you want to feed your baby organic food, do that. Like follow your instincts rather than what the latest fad is or, you know, what our society deems is um, the appropriate way to raise a child at the time because because that changes, you know. It changes so often and we don't live in a mother and child-centered society. We live in a patriarchal society, so... You know, it's really difficult for us to not work or to, you know, and to stay at home with our kids without feeling guilt. And it's really difficult for us to go to work and leave our kids in in care without feeling guilt. Like, yeah, there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of support for a mother-child unit um, as such. So, yeah, don't worry about anyone else and just follow your own instincts. Yeah, follow your own instincts and just do what works for you exactly yeah because it's going to be different 100% like you know, yeah, every family every child every mom is different yeah uh, great advice <laughs> <laughs> yeah like a I was going to say like a little Mary Poppins you know a little Mary Poppins I'm trying to think you're a fairy godmother like your wisdom <laughs> just learning but like go. godmother sounds so old so yeah. we need to come up with like a different name fairy young mother yeah yeah I love that <laughs> Okay, so earlier on you mentioned that you're um, parenting solo at the moment. So what tools help you through that solo parenting journey? It's been a ride. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure. Um, But um, I've got to say that my self-care routine um, has probably been the number one thing that's gotten me through my, my commitment to my health and well-being um, so no matter what in the morning, no matter what time I get up or how tired I am or how little sleep I've had, my morning routine's all the same, always the same. I follow like an Ayurvedic routine. So I tongue scrape and I dry body brush and I have my warm lemon water, journal, do yoga, meditate. Um, I try and swim in the ocean if I'm not working. Um, and those things I realized through sort of looking at what self-worth, I had no idea what self-worth was. I actually had to look up the definition. <laughs> um, but, but I actually realized that that's self-worth in practice because that was me making a little promise to myself that every day when I get up, I would do those things. Um, and that definitely has set my days up to be more positive than had I not done that, had I rolled out of bed and scrolled Instagram, for example. Mm. Um, being being healthy and really committed to my health um, and and fitness has, has definitely gotten me through. Um, the times when I'm doing CrossFit or yoga or surfing or doing jiu-jitsu, there are times when I don't think about my circumstances or my heartache that they're just literally times when I go in and I know I'm capable of doing hard things and I know I'm capable of getting the work done um and then I think maybe the biggest thing has been the community of people I have around me um there's been so many women that just stepped in to hold me when I was falling to absolute pieces and 
or unable to get to an appointment or, you know, even yesterday I bumped into a friend, she was driving past the gym and I had no idea how I was going to navigate the kids while I had a therapy session. And she was like, I'm going to go to the water slides in Ballina. And I was like, I'm going to an appointment in Ballina. Can you look after my kids for an hour? And serendipitously it worked and you know and then I got to go and hang out with her afterwards and just have that really great women-centered connection which I don't think I would have had had I still been in a marriage um but then uh, personally writing has always been something that's gotten me through my experiences and helped me to navigate life um it allows me to explore all my emotions without fear of, of judgment or, um, and it just allows a greater self inquiry. So I think that that's really helped. Yeah. I think that's such good advice. <laughs> I think, yeah. I think self care and just doing those things that plunge you into the present moment. Yes. Yeah. I think that's so important. I mean, obviously I don't know cause I haven't been through that experience. <laughs> And I can't even imagine. I just look at you with such amazement. <laughs> I try not to cry. Oh, I'm trying not to cry all the time. <laughs> uh, I just think you're amazing. Thanks, <laughs> um, So for you being solo mama at the moment, what has been the hardest part? So I might cry. You might cry. It's <laughs> all <laughs> so good. Um, the hardest part has definitely been, yeah, moving through and, and, and basically reliving the trauma of my own parents' separation. Um, my parents separated when I was 10, my eldest child is 10. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been really huge. And then, and then on top of dealing with my emotions and, and stuff around that, I've been watching how they're responding and reacting and, and how they're witnessing and and sitting with their own pain of having their dad leave, their dad who, you know, they just revere and love him. They, they adore him, you know. Um, and then turning around and seeing their mum completely crumble, which which I did. I, I completely crumbled. Yeah. Um, that was really hard. And then knowing that, you know, in the next half an hour, I'd have to go to work. Mm. (laughs) Um, and I'd have to put on, I'd have to put on my best face and literally try not to cry while I'm coaching people and helping people or, you know, um, parenting the kids when I was just like, literally all I want to do is, is go to bed and curl up in a ball and, and not deal with this because it's so painful and it's so hard. Um, and then, you know, like, uh, at the, at the moment, my relationship with Eric isn't great. So, um, there's a lot of rejection there and there's a lot of fear that it'll never be good. Um, and yeah, there's, there's a real, oh, I'm working through a real sense of like trying not to feel hu- completely humiliated, um, and, and just so much shame around the fact that I've been left, yeah. <laughs> you know, like that's... I think they're all normal feelings. Yeah, yeah. They, they, and they are, and I have to honour that, but I, yeah, that's, that's... You still have to feel it. Too. You still have to feel it and process yeah. it and then, and then get on with life. Like yeah. life doesn't stop just because your heart is broken, you know, so... 
stupid. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it is life though, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. But I must say, like, you've... I can just see how much you've grown. Like, yeah. this m- massive transformation. We've seen it all. <laughs> oh, it's beautiful, though. It's really beautiful <laughs> to witness as much as it's obviously been painful. Yeah. Um, I feel like maybe, because my next question was going to be, <laughs> have you found any silver linings? Yeah, yeah, there definitely has been... Overall, I feel like the last year has gotten better, like, overall. Um, it's taught me to love myself um, be, because, it, you know, at the end of the day, you're with yourself most of the time, you know. Mm. Um, it's taught me to soothe myself, and that in turn has been able – I've been able to demonstrate that to my own daughter when, you know, I've got two arms and three kids, and when she wants to cuddle and I can't cuddle her, I'm like – literally wrap your arms around yourself you know that's what I do so great oh that makes me a little bit emotional because I'm trying to I mean I'm trying to learn the same thing at the moment while I'm trying to teach my son the same thing exactly and that's the beauty in in parenting full stop I think like you know as much as I wish I had learned this earlier like what a gift to learn it now and to teach my daughter that now um, and also to teach her that she can be her own saviour, that she doesn't have to wait around for the beautiful man on the yeah. horse that's going to come and save her, you know. <laughs> like sometimes there just isn't anyone coming and you've just got to get on the horse and save yourself. <laughs> um, but they've, they've seen me go through the whole process. Like they've seen me crumble, they've seen me at my lowest lows wailing on the floor and they've seen me pick myself up and go to work and make money so that they've got food and a home to live in and they've seen me ask for help when I have needed help and all of those things are so much a part of the human experience that I'm you know like there was a part of me that's like I'm doing this all wrong I'm I'm too emotional and, you know, I shouldn't be like this. It's just a separation. Like, I should be fine. But, you know, I'm glad that they've seen that emotions are okay and that they can be worked through and they can be transmuted and evolved. Um, It's also a lot more peaceful at home. Um, And, you know, perhaps this was a downfall of myself in a relationship. I definitely voiced to Eric before that sometimes it's easier when it's just a parent and the kids because you don't have to worry about expecting someone else to step in or, you know, even just worrying about their mood or or what they need to have done. And there's definitely less clothes to wash. So, (laughs) you know, it's a win. Yeah, hands down, that is a win. Oh, wow. I think, you know, as much as it must be hard for you to let your kids witness all this happening, like such great lessons you're teaching them, like, honestly. Um, I think, yeah, I think under the circumstances, I think you've done such a good job. Yeah, I'm really proud of it. Like, it's not not been easy, Um, and I'm sure I'll definitely hit some dramatic lows. Um, But overall, like yeah just like knowing that I'm worthy of love and of life because I'm a human 
um, <laughs> rather than attaching that to or attaching my own worth to an external source like my marriage or like how good of a person I am or whatever it is like just knowing that because I exist I'm worth loving and I'm worth this life and then yeah being able to show the kids that is yeah gold (laughs) it is gold I wish I had that when I was a kid (laughs) (laughs) what would you tell a a newly solo mother um, out there listening right now I think that if you can look after yourself and fill your cup um, with self-compassion and daily forgiveness for self first, um, that you'll be fine. Um, You know, all of my girlfriends told me I would be fine. And I did not believe, (laughs) you know, it's taken me nearly 12 months to actually even think that I will be possibly fine. Yeah. (laughs) But, um, I I think that's great. I mean, I mean, it probably feels like a long time for you, but in the, you know, in the scheme of life, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great. Yeah. We can do hard things, you know. If we can birth babies, like, man, we've got this. We've got this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so true. Uh, what's one thing a mum or dad can do today to cultivate more happiness in their life? I really like this question. And so I believe happiness is a choice and mm. that it begins with feeling grateful and a sense of gratitude for everything that is encompassed in this glorious chaotic life (laughs) um and it's sustained by peace so I feel like no matter how hard things get that I can always find something to be grateful for and it's a question that I ask my kids all the time you know especially when they're in a stroppy mood and even if they tell me that they nothing I'm not grateful for anything right now it's like I know that their little brains are ticking and I'm like looking at I'm like I'm just grateful that I live in this beautiful place and I'm grateful that the sun is shining and I'm grateful that I've got friends around me and I'm grateful that I've got my kids you know like as much as they drive me insane (laughs) I'm so grateful for them so yeah I think finding gratitude and then just choosing to be happy because you know, life's always going to be tough and throw us curveballs and it's not, we're not always going to feel happy. Um, but if we choose to overall have a sense of gratitude and peace that we can make the choice to be happy. Mm. <laughs> I said happy a lot. <laughs> it's good. It's so beautiful. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks, Alice. It was the best chat ever. It was really fun. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening in today. If you resonated with this episode, please leave a five-star review. This helps other mums and dads find the podcast. You can also find us on Instagram at the Tired Mummy Podcast. Thanks again for joining me. This Tired Mummy is signing out.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.